Hello, it's great to have your company and thanks for joining us on Search for Truth with Brian Johnston, your Bible teacher. If you were with us last week, you'll remember we're dealing with answers to listeners' questions and this will take up the next couple of months' programmes. Quite a few questions have come in, some repeated by other listeners. So now Brian feels there's been enough interest to make up a series on air. Now, there's no booklet to accompany this series, but up to the beginning of March, God willing, Brian will be responding to a new question each week, which you might recognise as the one you asked. If you do, and Brian's answer's been a help, please let us know. Questions such as, is there any such place as purgatory? Why was salvation such a long time in coming? Is there a Christian way to find a marriage partner? Do we really have guardian angels? All of those and others will be covered in the coming weeks. But today's question from a listener asks Brian, why were we given a free will? Okay, John, let's try to answer that. It's a a question that was sent in to us at Search for Truth from a listener called Barry. Barry describes himself as a regular listener who receives a great deal of benefit from the programmes. We're pleased about that. As John says when he signs off each week, we really do pray that our listeners will be spiritually enriched and blessed. It's no secret if I tell you that before we present these programmes, the Search for Truth team has spent time together in prayer because we know we can't serve in our own strength, at least not effectively, but we ask the Lord's help each time we come into the studio. And it's always good to interact with our listeners as we follow up the messages in any of the ways you request us to, the most popular being the request for the booklet which accompanies each series of programmes. Well, coming back to Barry, he writes... I just wondered if you've ever had this question before. I want to ask about how in the beginning, when God brought everything into existence, and so all was perfect, why then was there any opportunity for a flaw or any sin to occur? He continues, and I quote again, I realise that if God had made mankind to be a robot, well, no doubt it would have been a boring and robotic type of life. So of course we were given free will which sadly went wrong. Hmm, there's a lot in there, I think. However, there seem to be two main parts. First, since God knows everything that's going to happen, why did he give us free will, knowing we would abuse it and so unleash all the misery we experience in the world as we see it today? But as well as that, there's also the question about where sin came from, if the creation was originally perfect as it came from the hand of God. These are both good questions, and I know many others who are asking them, or very similar ones today, so let's see what we can make of them. It's often said that we choose our friends, but not our family. Our family puts up with us, but it's when friends choose to love us that we enjoy forming relationships with them. Sometimes, sadly, humans just can't get on with their next of kin or their next relatives. If God had precluded or prevented us from ever going wrong or had never given us the power of choice, then we would have loved, served and praised him simply because there was no alternative. There would have been no integrity in that. Like as if someone were to say they love us, but only because someone else was pointing a gun at their head. It's hollow, forced, unreal. I'm sure you'll agree. God gave to humans a free will at the beginning, so that those who choose to love, serve and praise him do so with real integrity, and it thrills God's heart. 
Turning now to Barry's second question, since the starting point was perfection, how could it go wrong? That brings us to Genesis chapter 3, doesn't it? Satan, that is the devil, originally Lucifer, the highest angel, who are all created spirit beings, of course, Lucifer had already rebelled before the time of the Garden of Eden on this earth, which we read about in the early chapters of the book of Genesis. Let me share a reading with you from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 28. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, this is from verse 11, Son of man, take up a lamentation over the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, the turquoise and the emerald, and the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendour. Now, alongside that reading, which was from Ezekiel 28, I want you to consider a similar passage now from Isaiah chapter 14, and I'm picking it up at verse 4, that you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has ceased, and how fury has ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers, which used to strike the peoples in fury with unceasing strokes, which subdued the nations in anger with unrestrained persecution. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into shouts of joy. Even the cypress trees rejoice over you, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since you are laid low, no tree cutter comes up against us. Sheol from beneath is excited over you to meet you when you come. It arouses for you the spirits of the dead, all the leaders of the earth. It raises all the kings of the nations from their thrones. They will all respond and say to you, Even you have been made weak as we. You have become like us. Your pomp and the music of your harps have been brought down to Sheol. Maggots are spread out as your bed beneath you, and worms are your covering. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn! You have been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will make myself like the Most High. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. In these readings, from Ezekiel chapter 28 and from Isaiah chapter 14, we find that behind the original poetic inspiration of the historical figures of the king of Tyre and the king of Babylon, there's information shared there that relates to the fall of Satan himself. These earthly historical kings were taken up by the biblical writers as vehicles for giving us a commentary on the fall of Satan. 
It was the pride of those kings that made them suitable candidates for this kind of literary treatment. Lucifer's fall seemingly takes place in a heavenly counterpart of the Garden of Eden on earth. We read that sin or unrighteousness was found in Lucifer, and so God judged him. Lucifer, or Satan, was a very privileged, angelic being, a creation of God's. But he corrupted himself through pride on account of his great beauty, and his unlimited ambition to be higher than God tripped him up. That's the very most the Bible has to say to us about the ultimate source of evil. It draws the veil back thus far, but no further. We don't need to be any more concerned about the origin of evil, but rather the fact of evil and its consequences. That's what should concern us. For Satan, this now fallen being, tempted our first parents. They were God's human creation, created sinless, but not incapable of sinning. God gave to them, to our first parents, a very clear choice. They were prohibited from eating the fruit of a single tree in that bountiful garden. It was clear, and they were plainly warned of and understood the consequences of disobeying God. We have to see this as a test. They made their fateful choice, and now we live with the consequences. Romans 5 and 12 and Romans later in chapter 8 from verse 20 to 22 show how the consequence rippled out and down to affect us all through the ages. Each human sins has been born with a sinful nature through that original sin, and each of us born into this world soon practices sin as a result. Like an apple tree bearing apples as its fruit, because of its nature as an apple tree, so we who are sinners by nature inevitably become sinners by practice also. Did God know this would happen? Of course, he did in his perfect foreknowledge of all things. He knows the end of a thing from its beginning. If you look in Revelation chapter 13, you'll see Jesus is described there as the Lamb of God's providing who was slain in God's purpose from before the foundation of the world. Amazingly, even before God began this creation, before Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, God, the divine potter, had counted the cost of creating us, fully knowing it would cost him his son. So why did God do it? Why did he give us free will? It seems out of place for us to try to answer that. What value is there in our speculation? Can we second-guess an omniscient creator? To state the obvious, we are not as wise as God. We can only work from his revelation to us, given in the Bible. And from that it seems that God always planned to triumph through the cross. The cross in Christian theology is not an exercise in damage limitation. Far, far from it. It's God revealing his compassionate, loving, merciful, gracious, holy character in an incomparably amazing and profound way. The cross reveals the very heart of God to us like nothing else could have done. It's the cross and the glory of the recovery from human rebellion that makes God known to us and brings us to our knees in worship. Well might we say with the Apostle Paul in Romans 11 and verse 32, For God has shut up all in disobedience, so that he may show mercy to all. 
Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and unfathomable his ways! Thanks, Brian, for dealing so fully with Barry's question. Now, if you're listening, Barry, let us know if this has been helpful. So, in the hymn we've just heard, the hymn writer asks God to take my will and make it thine. So, let us all seek to do that uh, in total commitment to serving our God and Saviour. We have a free will, so we can use it for him. Sometimes answers may raise more questions, and if this is so for you, or you've got any comments, we'd love to hear from you. But here now is our postal and our email address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester LE5 6LN, UK. And now here's our email address, sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, although there's no booklet for this series on listeners' questions, you can still access the many booklets for subjects and studies which we've previously presented on air here at SFT. And each week I remind you of different ways to obtain them. One of the ways you can listen again is by audio podcast, versions of many past programmes. On your computer, go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com and you can browse the list of talks which you'll see is presented in categories to help you find what you're looking for. Also, look out for Search for Truth, featuring on www.twr360.org. Thanks once more for the pleasure of your company. That's all we have for today, but next week, Brian tackles the question, do we really have guardian angels? Hmm, intriguing. So, please join us again. Until then, very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you. Yeah.